How did we get off? Like, how did this happen? Are you talking about a male or female? Oh, what? Does it matter? Somebody did say to me once, though, you're just like a demon, we just can't call you one. <laughs> <laughs> Does it feel like we're just, like, stretching? To, like, like, looking for loopholes, in a sense. You get demoted, you work your way back up. <laughs> What do you get demoted to? It's Janitor? To a <laughs> you're, a greeting, you're on the grading team. <laughs> so we're back, and this evening I have a new panel. Panel? Panel. Panel. Of Is that like a panel guys. with a mantle? Yeah, it's a mantle panel. All right, so I've got my buddy Tony, uh, Frank the Tank is back, Carlos, my brother Bill, we're here tonight. We're going to be discussing the issue of church discipline. Mm. Um, and when you th- and <laughs> these guys have had no pre work on this too, so we're, this is just a discussion. The whole purpose of this is to put into a podcast as an example of how difficult it is to practically carry out. Um, uh, some of these challenges that we have in a church setting. And so that's really what we're doing tonight is kind of talking through some of the challenges and how this works practically. So when I say church discipline, I'm talking about um, the oversight of the membership, the oversight of the congregation, um, and the responsibility that we have to each other to be accountable, to encourage each other, to spur one another along to good and uh, faithful works, to make sure that we're not condoning a, a brother or sister continuing in a pattern of brokenness. Like all of those things is really the issue of that surrounds church discipline. Are you with me? Okay. So, and I'm not really sure where to start. So I'll ask this to kind of get the ball, to get the ball rolling. Um, it, how about this? Yeah, anybody here ever been involved in being disciplined? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm expecting to know. I'm expecting to know. So, okay, great. Tell us a story. Well, we come from a Spanish church. They discipline for everything. <laughs> okay. Like example? Well, there's a lot. Take, your, take your top top three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let us, All right. So us something. I, um, I had a friend that was visiting from Oklahoma and uh, he calls me and he's like, hey, I'm here with my wife. We're, we're going to... Um, I think it was Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, let's meet up. Let's go have some fun at Disney. So I invited a friend. We all went, had a good time. But we didn't know that uh, it was that time of year. What time of year? Where, <laughs> I remember, you know. I remember this. <laughs> it's, Pride um, week? You know, the Pride Week. Pride Week. Oh, so it was, it was Gay Week. It was Gay Week. Gotcha. And I had no idea. They don't, I don't think, announce that. Right. So I went, um, we had fun out there and we did see, you know, a lot of people. Yeah. And so they found out that I went to. Who found out? From the church. They had, the deacons actually had more power. Okay. So the deacons the were in charge of the. Dis- of the actually, dis- we didn't even have elders. Yeah. The deacons played like the elder roles. In okay. That, in, gotcha. And then it was- so one of the deacons uh, calls me to the office. And he says, hey, uh, found out that you went to Disney with a certain friend who actually this certain friend was battling at the time homosexuality. Okay. 
And um, <laughs> it was like, what a coincidence, right? <laughs> like, no. Everything. It almost seemed like you planned it. <laughs> <laughs> so then they're, uh, and I'm a preacher's son. I don't know if anybody knew this, but uh, what's the pastor's son doing taking, uh, you know, this boy? Well, I mean, I was a boy too, but to Disney during this week, what are you doing? What's going on here? Um, we're going to have to discipline you. So you can't be involved in the music. Um, oh, let's go slow. Hold on. I want to know all this. So the discipline wasn't just like a stern talking to. No. So you, you this discipline is really being removed from some component of service. Right. Anything else? Like so you, so you were serving in the worship ministry. How long did you not get to serve? Well, I, I fought the whole thing. <laughs> he grievanced. You he grieved. I, I was like, listen, first of all, I, I had no idea that this thing was going on at Disney. A friend of mine was visiting. I had no idea. Right. Why? That's not the type of life that I live. I mean, you know, every to each his own, but. That's well, not what I was doing, you know. I was just as surprised as you were. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And um and I told him I don't fight those tendencies, you know. I I just went to meet up with friends and this is when it happened. So I don't understand why you're trying to discipline me for something that I had no idea about. Okay. So were you disciplined? Like did that happen or did the Well, like I said I, in, I, I I told him, "Listen, this is this isn't fair. I it's not something that I was planning on doing. It's not the type of life that I'm living." And so did they take that? So, they, were, they accepted that? Well, yeah, after like 30 minutes, he's like, okay, I'll go speak to the rest of the deacons. Oh, they had had a meeting about yeah, you. Most likely. Wow. That's intense. And there's other stuff too. Yeah? But yeah, they didn't discipline me after all. Oh, okay. Did, you, did anybody else get disciplined for anything? Anybody been disciplined? No? Okay. Not by the church. <laughs> By your wife, <laughs> by pretty family. much yeah. family. Yeah, yeah. I just get disciplined by my wife. <laughs> Go to your court. <laughs> yeah, you're on the couch tonight, buddy. Uh, okay, so that is a great way to start this off. I th- I think that I I would guess like the general understanding is that in a more traditional setting. Uh, I don't know if that's right because it's weird, right? Because if I say traditional, traditional to some and traditional to others are two different things. But in a more, what would you say? What's the right term there that that would be more common? In a certain denomination. Yeah, maybe Baptist. a denomination or yeah, a certain movement. Spanish Baptist. Yeah, that's more common. Not necessarily as common in our setting, right? right. Or it doesn't feel as common. Right. Um, how did you feel after, not looking back, after your, both of you grew up in this kind of movement. Looking back, how do you feel now? Like as you look back on your experience in this movement, that this was more common. Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Did they, they go overboard, underboard? What the, what was going on? I, I think the 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 intent was was um, in a sense good, but I think just the way they would like like for that example, like it just became too much. Like it was like okay, like what's going on, like. There's people that I would hear. I was I was really young, so I didn't really serve in anything. I would just was a spectator. I would just hear like from Tony, like this people, you know. And so I, I can understand the I don't say the worry, but I can understand like, you know, when you have someone, especially like let's say Tony, who is up there on the stage and does serves in some sort of capacity, 
that there's a worry of the church in the sense of he represents not only God, but the church itself. So if he's in certain, you know, things, it might not look bad or might look bad. So I can kind of understand in a sense where they're coming from. But it was a like it was like that was it was like okay this is too much like this is like yeah it's getting a little ridiculous. Yeah, I was always targeted. Yeah, yeah. you were targeted. Yeah, 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 yeah. By the deacons. By everybody. Why do you think that is? Because the preacher's son. I had to he be probably, perfect. Yeah, he probably held a high had a higher standard because he was the uh, preacher's son. Oh god, yeah. I um back in those days I had hair, and um I highlighted. <laughs> <laughs> you highlighted your hair? I highlighted my, the tips. It was like a cool thing. It was like know? a Ricky Martin type of thing. Yeah. Like, was like, was I thought cool. I was Ricky. It was like what? No, it was like late 90s. Late, late, late 90s, early 2000s. That's like I, when it was in. I thought I looked like him. Yeah. <laughs> was this done before you went to Disney? Yeah, this was done before. Yeah. Uh, so I, I highlighted my, you know, the tips. It looked cool. <laughs> and they, so gave, this, they gave you some well, talking to about that? Well, my dad, because this kid decided to... Uh, color his hair green and his mom went and told my dad oh because your son uh, he colored his hair so then i had to stop that wow that was a lot of pressure on you how are you still a christian i know yeah, how do you still believe in this whole thing i don't even know what i'm doing no. <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's you, you said something that pricked my attention right so let's let's back up and talk about it from this i think I think typically when you think about church discipline, we do kind of think about the higher responsibility of either the leaders, whether that be overseers and deacons or staff. We, we kind of just assume there's a higher level of responsibility there. And maybe that assumption is not completely wrong since Paul does lift, list a certain list of responsibilities given to those specific groups in First and Second Timothy and Titus, you know, but then we have like the next category, which is like anybody that does something in front of anybody else, right? So if you're a Sunday school teacher, if you're a person on the stage, if you have any public service opportunity in the church, it feels like that's the next set of like, we're going to hold you to a higher standard. And then there's this, you said like spectator version, which is yeah. like the spectators, it's a free for all out there. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? But that's not really what, that would be very difficult to validate through the Bible. I, I would have a difficult time going, yes, you could see clearly in the Bible that this, this, and this leads to the congregation. They can pretty much do what they want. Anybody on the stage can't. If you ever talk on the mic, that you're gonna, it's going to be insane for you, right? If you're a preacher's kid, off the map, right? Like That hierarchy would be pretty difficult to validate in Scripture. So... When you start talking about practically, how do we carry this out in church, most of the time when you read in Scripture, you read that we're accountable to each other, that there's an idea of like mutual burden that we all have and holding each other accountable and encouraging each other, that it's relational-based, that it's not this hierarchy. How did we get off? Like, how did this happen? You know what I'm saying? That either churches do it wrong and create this kind of like facade of hierarchy that does have these church disciplines attached to it or they do nothing because they don't know what to do right it's like we don't know what to do so it's a free-for-all like how did we go so wrong like i don't know if you guys can fix that for us tonight but i'll throw it out there what do you think thoughts well i think frankie said something that 
that's pretty true. Um, we want the best for everyone. Okay. Right. So we look out for each other. Um, funny story is that I was, you know, developing my leadership at this church and I was learning those ways. So I was uh, in charge of the leader or the youth group with uh, another leader, two emerging leaders. And uh, Frankie and this other brother were there from the church. They were part of the youth. They were both very distracting. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? I do somewhat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was always joking and they were both like, you know, so we'd be you know, going through the service and they'd be laughing over in the corner and That's so not awesome. paying attention. Mind you, I was like 14, maybe 13, <laughs> okay? It's not like a grown adult. Yeah, but, but we had a pretty no, good no, yeah, group. Yeah, yeah. It was like maybe 15 to 20 youth back there and they'd just be over there laughing. and Goofing off. Yeah, goofing off. They weren't paying attention. So the both of us would see this every, well, we'd meet every Friday or Saturday or something like that. And so we both got together and we're like, let's go talk to them. So you, you kind of just defaulted to a... We went to the book of Matthew. Okay. So like one goes, if that doesn't work, two go. If that doesn't work, a couple brothers go. And if that doesn't work, we excommunicate them. <laughs> I mean, is that what you're referring Basically, to? I don't know if it would have got to that level when it's like the youth. Because you know, <laughs> like, invite the parents of your youth, your teenager can't come to church. <laughs> yeah. Might have been a different... But it kind of worked though. Because okay. we both went, we spoke to each of them, and uh, we encouraged them. And I think that was kind of a pivotal point in both of their lives, because they both, well, you see where Frankie is now. And I think also that people tend have a tendency to think, like, as a person, as a congregant, we say, we think, well, it's up to leaders to handle those situations. So I think sometimes it, we don't, or maybe people just don't think like, oh, like I should hold my brother or sister accountable for certain things that they do. And instead they say, well, that's what the elders are for. That's what the pastors are for. They should be meeting with so-and-so and dealing with the situation instead of um, that person itself. And so I think that might be something that kind of got lost somewhere where people are just like, ah. And I mean, I, I mean, I think our church, like our old church was a little bit like that where it was like, well, I'll bring it to so-and-so and then they'll bring attention to, to whoever it is. So if I see somebody do something, I'm going to bring it to the deacons or I'll bring it to the pastor and then they'll deal with them instead of kind of like approaching those people in, you know, with love and grace. And if there is some sort of relationship there to try to bring that attention. Um, so I think a lot of times people just say, man, we'll just give it to the leaders and let them deal with. Well, do you think, yeah. do you think the way that people are so sensitive nowadays that that might be playing a role? Because, it's like okay, I'm not. I don't want to go offend this person, so let's not say something and just keep an eye on them. And if they start acting off, then hey, you know what? Hey, uh, this wasn't right, you know. But it's okay, you know. Just uh, try to change. So, like the person who has to be holding someone accountable, it's almost like they're worried because it is a tough situation to be in you feel like you're gonna offend the person you're yeah because now he's, he's trying to say nowadays like years ago it wasn't like that but now like everyone gets offended for everything yeah exactly. so it's like especially now in this today's culture it's yeah. like to bring something people are gonna be who like, are you to judge they're offensive exactly. they hit they get really offended jesus said bring them all <laughs> and broken <laughs> so all right dude awesome. you know what just all right yeah chill out right 
Uh, all right, let me read you something. And then you guys give me the reaction to this. So this comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. It says, But now I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual morality or greed or idolatry or revelry or drunkard or, drunkard or swindler. Don't even eat with such one. That's a bill one. What's that? Yeah, Bill, Bill. what do you think? (laughs) I mean, because think about this. He gives a list, and then he says, hey, I don't want you to associate. And this is not like a a list of the leaders, right? This is to everyone. We're we're all called to be brothers, right? Brothers and sisters. And then don't associate and don't eat with. Yeah, it's three-quarters of my friend's list. (laughs) (laughs) I just just listed three-quarters of your friends? I just lost like a thousand friends. (laughs) What do you think? Um, I think that uh, the way I read the Bible, there's there's two reasons for church discipline. One is to restore the individual to to fellowship, and the other is to protect the church. Okay. And so, um, if if not associating with somebody for a for a short period will get them back on the on the right path. Then, then that's okay. But I think, I think if if you read further in Corinthians, it, it also talks about um, not keeping somebody out for a long time, lest they get bummed out, you know, yeah. and, and leave. And, yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 more difficult these days because, you know, for the first fifteen hundred years of the church, there was only one church. I mean, you couldn't walk down the street to Second Baptist or, you know, the um, the the Presbyterians or the or the 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 Methodists or whatever. I mean, there was only one church, and when you were you were out of there, you were out. Yeah. And so, from a practical standpoint, it's it's a little different the way we handle things now. But I think from a um, from a um, a, uh, a a relational um, type of uh, approach. I think it's still it, what what the what the Bible says is still valid. So, you bring up such a good point that I've struggled with for years as a pastor of a local church, I, and I think it, there's a deeper theological issue that's at place. And I don't know if we can solve this tonight, but we'll give it a couple moments, go around the horn here. But think about what Bill's saying. When this was written, it was written at a time where the context was. The situation, the culture was completely different. You're right. It's one church. And if you were out, you couldn't take communion at all because you couldn't go to another church. You right? couldn't get married. You couldn't get buried. You know, I mean, there was a guy, Cyprian of Carthage. He was, a, he was one of the church fathers. He said, you can't have God for a father unless you have church as a mother. Yeah. So. And so, the, like, the idea of being disciplined in that setting was completely different. I mean, it was this huge thing. Now it's like if I, as the pastor, which usually this gets relegated to the pastors and the elders a lot, go to someone and say, hey, man, you're gossiping and it's causing havoc, blah, blah, blah. They're like, you know, forget you. I'm going to the Methodist church down the street. And no real discipline happens there except to say, I mean, well, let's, let's, so let's talk about it in the two the two ways you said it. it. There's a protection issue and a restoration issue. The restoration issue definitely doesn't happen. Maybe the protection issue does, and that's okay. Is it okay that what we're currently doing we know doesn't fit the time 
that Paul was writing it to? Do we just keep doing it because, well, Paul wrote it, so it's forever? Well, I, th- I, I haven't disciplined anybody for something as trivial as going to the <laughs> Disney. <laughs> the theme parks are the wrong day. But we, we did have some – We did in one of the churches I was in, we did have some, some major problems where um, one, of the, um, one of the members accused one of our elders as being a heretic. And so um, – and, and he was – this guy was – Literally insane. Either that, or, I mean, he 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 was he was off his rocker. But he he had threatened to get a bunch of his acquaintances, friends, whatever, and picket the church, like protest. Yes, you know, with outside, you know, on Sunday mornings, you know, walking up and down, and you know, getting the TV stations in and oh everything, and that'd be awesome. Uh, <laughs> the excitement, and and so there were free PR. <laughs> there are people who wound up leaving because they didn't want to have to deal with this. Right. And so in that respect, you know, he was definite he definitely needed to be out of there. Yeah. Because he was causing division within the church. The problem with it that we had was he eventually did leave, but the problem was never resolved with this individual. I think he just we just kicked the can down the road and you know, the Methodist church down the street had to deal with him next. Right. And and the issue was never was never really taken care of. And I don't know what happened to him after that, but I really self felt sorry for the for the guy down the street there. So let me ask some practical issues based upon that one verse. The the, the do not associate verse. Okay. So it, maybe I'm taking it too far, but it does appear like Paul saying I want you to, to to all the brothers, if you know there's a problem with a brother, don't associate, right? So in order to fulfill the have nothing to do with, don't associate principle, you have to know the sin and the sinner. So do you think in Paul's mind he's just saying, well, whoever knows don't associate? But then doesn't that create like a secondary problem of like, if you're not associating with Carlos, and I notice it, and I'm like, well, why didn't you associate with Carlos any longer, right? And then I ask you, do you tell me? Like, how do we work that out practically? It's a darn good question. (laughs) What do you think? You're asking, I just want to clarify the question. You're asking as somebody who would notice? No, I'm saying like, like, so first of all, mm -hmm. do you think Paul was meaning like, if there's a person that's caught in a specific sin, okay, let's let's give a specific sin. So let's say that someone's having an affair in the church. They're having an affair, right? Do you think it's the job of either the leadership or who, or or the brother that knows about it to make it known to the other brothers? Is that his job? Do you see what I'm saying? Because like like at what because at some point that's definitely at least implied with some of the stuff from like Matthew that if, if there's no change, it's you're gone. Well, I think. And maybe I'm reading too much into this, but it seems like when Paul's talking to that, he's talking to the whole church, and so the whole church is aware of what's going on. I mean, Do you think it's just like assumed that it's going to spread like wildfire. They'll well, know. I think I think that the uh, I don't I can't remember if this is if this is dealing with that one individual who was having sex with his mother's wife or you know or whatever, yeah. you know, father's wife, and um, uh, and so. It seemed like the whole church was aware of this, and Paul was writing to the whole church to 
you know, to do that. Yeah. And so I'm not sure. So that, if there's an awareness, it's obvious. Yeah. But if there's not an awareness, I don't think I don't think it's our business to go around pointing the finger at uh, you know say Frankie, you shouldn't have done that. And Carlos, did you see what Frankie did? But think know? about the practical though, right? So let's say you're right. Let's say what I think everyone here would probably default to, which is, well, you don't want to out anybody for their sins. If that's not known by other people, it's not our job to make it known. But then if, so if Frank's sinning, he's, he's having an affair and you know, he's having an affair because you're an elder and some, you know, member of the church reported it to you. Do you tell me? And then if you do, do what if Carlos notices that we don't associate with Frank anymore? And he's like, why are you guys not associating? And then do we say to Carlos, like, oh, we got a problem with Frank? You know, I mean, how does it actually work? Like, you know what I mean? Well, doesn't the person that notice it, don't, doesn't it say, like, to confront the person, the first person? And then if not, if that isn't resolved right then and there, then you must share it with somebody else. And then two brothers have to go over there and, hey, look, you know, this is your final warning. It, Don't make me count to three. That's not actually that's not actually the whole of that passage, too. And I'm doing that off the top of my head, but I believe it's one, then two, then a— Then everyone, right? Then everyone. Then every, He's brought before the jerk. Yeah, yeah. Like, there is, a, there is a releasing of the information that does come out, which I don't think— that's comfortable for anyone in our current culture, like that, that idea. But I, I think it's uh, if it's a brother who's, I think it's an individual thing. Like if someone's sinning against that person, you know, like if if let me and Frankie have an issue, then we need to figure that out. And and if he's sinning, I think it's if he's sinning against someone personally, right? I don't. I don't so t- t- take the affair issue. Frank's having an affair. You go to him. But that wouldn't be anything that's affecting me. <laughs> so you'd just be like, pass, no, no, go for it. I don't see nothing. I don't see nothing. <laughs> no, I mean, there's my still circus. a verse that says that, I, that we should bring them back. Absolutely. We, oh. We're trying to restore. I think, right. I think Bill's right. He's nailing it on the idea that there's two factors here, to restore the brother and to protect the body. Uh, of right. course. So now – but how does it work practically is what I'm saying. Yeah. How does On that verse that Bill was, because I was reading it because it was the same one. I'll just read it. It says, uh, it's actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of that kind is not tolerated even among pagans for a man has his father's wife. And then he says, and, you're, and you are arrogant. Ought you, ought you not to rather to mourn? Let him who has done this be removed from among you. So I, I, it just seems like not only does everybody know. What passage is that real quick? First uh, Corinthians 5. One. Okay. And so it just seems that not only does everybody know, but it, but everyone is, but that this, that there is. Four. All the way down. Number four? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> we'll bleep that out later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's going on right now? <laughs> um, but but it, it, when he says that you are arrogant, it, it seems to imply that. You know what you're doing, and yet you're still participating. Like, hey guys, how's everybody going? Like, knowing that what you're doing is wrong, so it kind of seems like, I mean, maybe it might be when it's in a case like this where someone is doing a particular thing, knowing and just acting like, hey guys, I'm part of the crowd. Like, hey, let's worship together. I think that's where it becomes a serious issue. 
but that you would have to but hold up because the way you read uh, the way it reads it's like he didn't really out and put somebody on blast he said among you there is someone so they didn't point hey look you're the one yeah but he was specific because he said the one he says it's been reported to me that there's someone there so maybe there yeah maybe you're right maybe there's somebody who's specific because paul is not there but they know who they're talking but they know who he's talking about exactly so yeah so the church would know maybe paul exactly wouldn't know but the church would um and so it, i mean i'm just saying that yeah i think when it comes to those situations where so the affair issue where it's like i'm having the affair and i'm acting like nothing is going on and i'm here to praise god with all of you i think then that's when it's like hey that's a super red flag here like you can't just come here and pretend like everything's a-okay exactly still have the name of christ and knowing that every knowing that you know you're having an affair so but do you think in that situation it's it's the i'm just asking do you think it's the the brothers and sisters responsibility or the leadership's responsibility i i personally think it is the responsibility of possibly both parties so if it's a if it's a certain individual um, as brothers in Christ, and uh, just the way the human body works in the sense of we naturally have people that we are comfortable conversating with, hanging out with, doing life with, um, I would say it's that person's responsibility especially, right? So if I have a special bond with you that yeah. maybe you don't have with Tony, I would th- it would be my responsibility to, to say, hey, I know what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And if you still are kind of like, eh, whatever, then I think we would have to take it a step further and say, Hey, just to let you know, like, so it's to the leaders, maybe not to the exactly. T- I think he's on to something here. Right. So think about this for a moment. Like let's take the principles that Paul's laying out here and that are laid out in Matthew that have to deal with um, the issue of discipline. And let's uh, try to apply it with these two ideas in mind, restore and protect. Right. So it all starts to make sense if the first place of accountability is in relationship, right? So so let me give you a scenario and you tell me if this doesn't feel right to you, right? So let's say it's in the the first the first time that something comes to light, whether it's an affair, let's say it's an affair, that's just easy, right? Okay, easy. Let's start with easy, we'll get harder. Okay. okay. It's in your small group. Uh-huh. Now you are in a close knit small group that meets weekly, right? And so you find out that so-and-so is having an affair in the group. Well, that's a completely different deal for you as the small group person, like a brother or sister in a small group, to go to somebody and say, hey, man, this is an issue. Like, this this ends today. Like, this has got to stop, right? And worst-case scenario, if he doesn't res- – if, if he's like, you know, bro code, man, keep your mouth shut, and, and I'm going to do what I want, right, then you're – the next step would then be I'm going to make at least one other person in the small group aware of this, right? And we're going to go together and say, "Look, you can't attend this small group anymore in this condition," yeah. right? Yeah, uh, I yeah, but it, it for me, I feel like it would have to be somebody. I wouldn't just pick somebody randomly. No, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But okay. I'm saying, yeah, you pick. yeah, I would, I would definitely. And but honestly, <coughs> I would most likely. I mean, it all depends. Let it be aware to the leaders. Just say, hey, this is what's going on. I just want you to know in case so-and-so comes back and says, you know, or whatever. Yeah, but think about it. The reason I say this works for restoration and protection is because if you're the one that goes, yeah. for th- 
see, one of the things that Bill and I are saying is if, if me and Bill go to someone we don't know that well, yeah. who's been accused of slander, and we say, hey, you're a slander, stop it. And they go, well, I'm going to the church down the street, right? They, they can go to another place and continue worship. But if someone with an intimate relationship where they really have a relationship yeah, with, yeah. they value the relationship, goes to them and says, hey, I will terminate the relationship or I will withdraw from the relationship until this is addressed because yeah. it's that important. Yeah. Then it carries more teeth. Just carries more weight, right? Don't you think that – I think we subbed this out to the small group leaders. No, but, 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 but I still but I still kind of – like that idea. But I still kind of feel like the leadership should be aware – in a, in a, yeah. that's what I'm saying like even if I was to approach that person I would still have I would still feel not to say obligated but I would still feel led to hey report it to to the elders and say in case you don't see this guy ever in the church I just this is the conversation we had okay. so that way they're made aware and just they're not you know caught off you know but I also blind. think that it's important to know who it is that we're dealing with because if it's just a newbie that's coming to church and they don't really have a relationship with Christ I mean, we're here to teach them, right? Yeah. So I, I think we're talking about a brother or sister in Christ that's already been growing in the word mm-hmm. where we're going to try to bring them back on track. And I think that's where it's a, there's a difference. They're going to understand. We're going to obviously go into prayer about what we're going to say to them so that w- they can turn their ways. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I guess that's not one size fits all when it comes to this because if you've been a Christian for a week versus a Christian yeah. for, you know, yeah. two years, yeah. um, it's a different level of responsibility that that whoever is going to them. Well, you got to think though if the that again it reverts back to that relationship. If the relationship's there, if it's someone that has an intimate relationship and knowledge of that person, I think they're naturally going to go into like a a you know. Uh, the mode of like, okay, I'm going to give this person in this situation some extended grace because they may not know, you know, that, that this is, you know, where somebody else who has more responsibility from their knowledge. Right. Yeah. I, I know it is not connected. So what well, is somewhat connected? So I have a, I have somebody in my, in my work um, who he's, I've invited him a couple of times to the church um, and we have a really good friendship and I'm at work. Um, it's, it's it, pray for me in work cause it's tough, but I, I have, a, I have one particular friend I'm cool with and, so we talk a lot about God and he has questions. And then there's an, another friend of mine who goes to another church. And so he's known as like the Christian in the job and he's known, you know. Uh, and so my friend was like, you know, with you, I don't mind talking about with about any of this. And like when I do something, I don't even mind if sometimes you correct me. But with him, I don't have a friendship with him. And so he'll he'll make me mad if he tells me something. He offends me. Yeah. And so I, so, and, and I, obviously he's not part of a church and obviously, but, but, it, it re- I don't want to say it resonated. I guess it did resonate with me because he was, the matter was that was like, because we have a friendship already. He, he, and he told me like, I know if you tell me something, you're not saying it to be like preaching. You're not saying it to be because it's your duty, but you're my friend. So I know, and I take it differently from so-and-so that's, you know, cause he'll come off and he doesn't, we don't know each other like that. We don't. And so, Judgmental. so it, it reminded me of that in a sense of within the church, like there, your guards are not as, I mean, don't get me wrong. When you confront anybody with an issue, I mean, there's some sort of sense of being uncomfortable and embarrassment. And, but I feel like the guards are not so high up when it's somebody that, you know, you don't know that much or like even you guys, if you guys just approach, you know, I'm sure it's a different. I think that's, different. that's key what you're saying. But at the same time, it just, 
it depends on who we're dealing with. Yeah, yeah. Because no, yeah. if if we're all brothers in Christ and we we've grown up hearing the word, we're we're strong in the faith, but one of us for some reason just starts veering towards an affair, then it's going to be a little different conversation with that individual. And it's not going to matter who here does it. It'll be easier if we do have a relationship, but I think that as brothers and sisters in Christ with that foundation, even though we've got off that beaten track, it it shouldn't matter who says it. That's just what I think. Well, let me add this. So let's get, let's make it even tougher. Are you ready? So I'm going to read this part to you one more time. It says, if anyone bears the name brother, if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or idolatry, reverie, drunkenness, or a swindler, how do we decide if someone's too greedy? <laughs> like, what's the evaluation pro- protocol for that? Like, hey, this person's a little greedy. Like, they, they need some reproof, some correction. And then, like, does Paul actually think we're gonna we're gonna go and t- have a talk about the greed problem with somebody? <laughs> I'm trying to think of a scenario where somebody would like re- like realistically would we would say oh that's greedy someone who doesn't give <laughs> ooh ooh could you, uh, right? okay so practically work yeah. that out so not that anybody's to, to know what anybody gives nobody does know what anybody gives here but if someone was publicly saying like i'm not going to give i'm going to attend but not give is that worthy of a discussion you're talking about, you're talking about giving general like to people to the church to uh i would say because we're all gathering as brothers and sisters, and we're we're contributing to the congregation. Yeah, okay. If you have one that's saying, "Hey, I'm not going to do it," yeah, is that is that greedy? Does that fit the bill? Well, I think it could be with. What do you think? Anything, right? <laughs> be money <laughs> lost at that one. <laughs> uh, it's a tough one, right? Yeah, that did. Does it have to necessarily be money, or it could be time? Greedy with your. I think that, but I think it refers more to the to money. The money, resources type of. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. What do you think? How do you how do you assess whether somebody's greedy or not? Uh, it seemed to me like the Paul is talking about um, something that again is obvious to the whole to the whole church. So it's just apparent. Um, yeah, I think I think so. I mean, obviously, greed is not is not good, but what. What may seem greedy to you might not seem greedy to me. Right. And so I, I think that it's it's one of those things where it's just so apparent that some somebody is greedy. You know, the um you know, in the in the old testament it is talks about how um the the wages that you haven't paid are crying out against you. You know that that kind of thing where where you're withholding um, certain, uh, let's say, certain amount that somebody else has earned, and it's that's totally out of greed. And so that kind of thing is pretty obvious. And I, I think that I think that that may be what Paul is referring to something that is just egregious here. Maybe like okay, so maybe. All right, so let's reframe it a little bit. Maybe if it's a business owner, I was just thinking that was under or not paying their not paying right. their employees right or undervaluing employees through greed. Yeah, yeah, and that became apparent. That became something that was like talked about in the community. 
Yeah, I mean, okay. it's giving giving Christ a black eye, you know. Right. He, okay. These guys say I'm a, a Christian because when you first read this, like when now that we said that, I, I I go, oh okay, well I could see that, right? But when you're like sitting there trying to decide who's greedy, because the next one's drunk, yeah. and I'm like, you talk about talk about subjective. It's like, does drinking mean you had one bad night? You got to get talked to, or like, is it continual? Is it just? Is there a general understanding? This I think we ought drunk? to have everybody get in and get a blood alcohol level. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> blow, blow, blow breath of breath of life. Point of <laughs> But I think so you, okay. So you go to a Christmas party. You have one too many. Yeah, but I think, but I think it's, but I think it's obvious when someone's like, yeah, that guy's a drunk. Like every gathering, you're drunk. So we're so we're kind of relegating it to like the it's the obvious thing. It's community. No. It's community consensus. Is that what we're saying? So I have this definition of greed here. It says intense and selfish desire for something, especially wealth, power, or food. Well, that was my next thing. <laughs> Are we going to talk about gluttony now, too? Yeah, I was gonna, Why are you guys looking at me? No, so I'm we kidding. just. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I, I really, I, I actually wrote that down. I said, you know, what about in cases of pride? How do we evaluate that? Or lust? Or gluttony? Like, how do we, like, <laughs> facetiously, I was like, does that mean that, like, anybody would, I don't want to be, I don't want to be too cheesy here. I'm not trying to be funny or too cheesy. I know it is kind of funny, but are we saying all obese, overweight people can't serve? <laughs> is, is that, I mean, Brink. like, what? it's <laughs> obvious. It's obvious. Do you want a medical explanation sure, now or love, something? Please. No, I'm not okay. going there. <laughs> But not not everybody who is obese is a glutton. Okay. Okay. So let's just take that one right off the table. Okay. So you're saying if you're if you're majorly overweight, it could be for other reasons. Yeah. Okay. But what if we kind of what if we know somebody that it's that that's not the case? They just eat too much. We're not looking at you. Let's say let's say it's somebody that's it's extremely overweight, and every time they're in a public gathering, they're just eating too much. Do you want to talk about the whole society here or what? I mean, it's anything within the church. I mean, well, the problem is that the church is the people within the church are part of the society. I mean, if you look at the um, the CDC puts out a a, a a yearly estimate of of the amount of diabetes in this country. I mean, and you look from you it's look, off the charts. You look from from 1970 to today. You know, and they had you, you can look at a uh, you can look at a map, and it has you know different colors for different types of obesity. Right. And what was the the major you know like like let's say yellow is you know is, is kind of bad, and and you know it goes up goes up from there. Well, in 1970 there might have been three states that were yellow, and now maybe there's one state that yellow because everybody else is off the chart. Yeah. And sure. so it's it's a problem within not just the church but our society as a whole. And so I don't think we can just talk about obesity and or 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 gluttony in and of itself without without getting into the whole societal issue. Yeah. And I'm not wrong. I'm not ready to do that myself. I might be wrong too, but I think there's somewhere in the Bible where it, where it talks about like the belly or your hunger becomes like your God. And that's yeah. why I don't know. Your stomach I, is your God. Yeah. And so like, I think there are people there that are like, you can tell like when it comes to food, like, like maybe those who are emotional eaters or maybe those who are like 
happy like well, i'm happy i'm gonna eat i'm sad i'm gonna eat I'm, and i think i think that's when you any kind of, emotion i eat well well, well <laughs> i'm no, a stress eater myself no but but you you there are people who you know that we we've seen i mean i've seen like documentaries where people are just like wow that's ridiculous and so i think maybe with gluttony or certain things that we could see it's like yeah like you could tell like food is their god because of how much they consume. So if that becomes obvious too, you'd put it in the same category as drunkenness or? Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I think there'd be something to be talked about. I mean, yeah, I, I would say. Gosh, so. That would be such an interesting, like, yeah. how do you navigate that conversation? Yeah. How do you go, like yeah. you're the deacon and you're going over to, you know, Brother Bill's house or Bob's house and you're going, hey man. Well, yeah. You're a big fat so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm I mean, you like, how do you down down start yeah. that? Yeah. I think that's why, so, like, it's been relegated to like, we don't address that because yeah. there's wow. the practicality there is just like, I don't even know where to start. Yeah. I think it just all boils down to everyone's relationship with Christ. Okay. Because if I want to serve him the best way I can, I know that I have to take care of the temple, which is. Yeah. But he's saying, how do you, how do me. you address someone who's like, but that's what I'm saying. We, we just, everyone has to grow in the relationship. With their heavenly Do you father. think you could personally navigate it? Could you could you say to somebody, "Hey, man, I think this is a spiritual issue for you. Like, let's talk about it. I want to pray with you about your." <laughs> that would be tough. I'll, 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 I'll donate money for Jenny Craig. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what would you say? Yeah, those four dozen work oysters were last <laughs> night. You know, along with the pizza and yeah, the calzone I'll pay for a membership so at the YMCA. Yeah, yeah, like you. Like everybody had two pieces, you had six. Like, you, like I don't know where the line is, but you you jumped over it. Like, how do you navigate that? I don't know, Pastor Mike. <laughs> All right, let me Listen, ask you. I got one. no hair in my tongue. I will tell you flat out. Hey, dude, do you, you need to cut it down. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, so okay, so, so then someone would be offended. Of course. Would you tell? Would you tell to anybody, or just like your friends, or like someone you're close to? Okay, so there there was a guy at my job, and he was a very heavy set person, and he friend. just no, he was just a coworker, like a coworker friend. You know what I mean? We didn't hang out or anything, but in the years that I known him, he's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, and now it's gotten to the point where instead of getting like let's say KFC, we'll go and we'll get a number five, which is three piece, whatever. He's getting a bucket. I was going to say a bucket? Yeah, he's he on gets the, a he's bucket. He's onto the bucket. He's onto the bucket. Yeah. So it's like, hey, look, you know, I've told him straight out, look, you're not only killing yourself, dude, but you need to cut it down. Yeah. You're going to you're gonna have medical issues. You're going to. Yeah. It, it's so just, you, you come at it from the practical, like, hey, man, I love you enough to say, exactly. I want you around and your cholesterol has got to be through the roof. And he told me to kick rocks. <laughs> and Did he? Well, yeah, he told me to mom? kick rocks. Yeah. And he, I told him straight up. I was like, you know what? I'm going to pray for you, dude. And I hope, hopefully your health and everything is good. You know, shortly after that, he went to the doctor. They told him that he had a heart attack like three, three months before and that he needed to either lose weight or he was going to die. Do you, do you think you could say that to somebody within the church? Like in your small group, you're sitting in small group and you're like, hey, Jan over here is pigging I thought you were, I thought you were actually saying names. No, I, mean, I, made, I made that <laughs> no, up. There's like, nobody ah, in this yeah. small group. No, 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 no. Just I like, oh. want to put that out there. But like, how do you navigate? Did you say to your wife, like, hey, talk to Jan? Oh, yeah, of course. If it's a girl, psh, babe, go yeah. ahead and take care of that. Okay, you're, okay. You're so if it's a dude, it, you know, Bob's in your small group. You don't have a Bob in your small group. I'll tell them. Just, I'll tell them straight up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Would, so you can navigate. You can because be like, hey. not only, and I'll tell them straight up. I'm like, look, I'm not 
I'm I'm looking out for you. I'm not trying to offend you. I'm not trying to, you know, judge you or anything, but I'm looking out for you, for your health. It's interesting, like when he starts to say that and we put it in a relational context, it doesn't sound that bad. It only sounds bad when I have to go talk to somebody I don't really know. Yeah. Like and go, dude, I saw you at the Wednesday night dinner and your plate was ridiculous. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that sounds bad, but that doesn't sound bad. Yeah. So when it's relational, it tends to work. Right. I guess. Or not. In his case. Maybe it doesn't. But I know, I, th- I understand what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't saying. work pra- like pragmatically, like they don't change, but the conversation gets navigated in a healthy way. Well, it, it's all, I tried. So if he told me to kick rocks, hey, you know what? I tried. I'm looking out for you. I'm going to pray for you. You know, whatever your outcome is, if you need help, let me know. So what what kind of thing should disqualify you from the public service? You know what I'm saying? Like the public church service, like whether that's on stage or in like a committee or, you know, teaching in front of people or singing in front of people. Are there are all sins like, i mean none of us are worthy of being up there no i get yeah. that but i'm saying like of course but i'm saying we tend to kind of have like a set of sins you can't do but are all sins potentially disqualifying well is a sin a sin is a sin right yeah so so i always grew up hearing that if a pastor was to commit adultery you could no longer be a pastor Ever. Whoa. Like, <laughs> geez, tell that to the Catholic Church. <laughs> Good grief. Okay. So, like, if you say, like, if you, if you commit one of that act, that's a disqualifier forever. Cause I actually wanted to get to this. Like, okay. So, where does the restoration part come in Bill's plan of like the whole goal of church discipline is to restore the individual and protect the congregation? Yeah, I don't. I don't agree with that. Oh, okay. I don't personally agree with that, but I do believe that we, as a family, as the body, we should restore each other, even if it is the pastor who. Well, well I think that the uh, I think I think restoration into the body is different than restoration into a particular the um, uh, position. Position, yeah. Oh, okay. That's a good point. Because, yeah, you want to you want to take him in as a uh, as a repentant um, brother, but that doesn't mean that he ought to be up there um, preaching again. Yeah, you kick him down a couple of so, notches. Well, well, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So he has to, <laughs> you have to sit on the stool now. You can't. Stand yeah, exactly. You're going you're going from pastor to greeter. So let's Come be on. super practical. If if the pastor, the senior pastor, had had an affair, like if I didn't had an affair, would you feel comfortable? putting me back on the pulpit one day? We we had, in, in one of the churches I was in, we had a, a pastor who was um, a closet alcoholic. Okay. And um, we found out about it in an elders meeting. Oh, wow. And um, so we decided that for him to stay that he would have to admit this to the church in front of the church and i thought it would be i thought it'd be great for the church and him to work through this 
you know. So you it saw be, it as an opportunity, yeah, kind of like a testimony. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it would be it would be a testimony to not only our not only the congregants but the rest of the community as well. You know, we we would it, we would work through this together as a as a as a body. Um, unfortunately, he decided not to do that. Oh. He he was um, it the public declaration that was the biggest that obstacle was, to him. That was it. Yep. But I I didn't think that it was something that we should just kind of brush uh, under the put rug. Under, brush it, you know, and put under the rug. Did you decide that because the nature of his sin was closeted? No, because of his position. Probably. Oh, okay, more the position. Yeah, because he was up there as a as a representative, not only of uh, of God's word, but of the church as well. You know, of of that particular church, and so. Um, I think, as we've discussed before, that there, you know, with with greater with greater um, privileges come greater responsibility, and so I think that the the more visible you are, the the more you have to either you're going to stand out one way or the other, and so um, consequently, I just uh, felt that it was something that that he needed to publicly confess, <coughs> and. I mean, it all came out eventually, but he was unwilling to do that personally, and so he instead of instead of having a um, a public declaration, I read his letter of resignation. Wow! I wanted to read something because they reminded me of something on on First Timothy five. It says uh, nineteen: Do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. As for those who persi- persist in sin. Rebuke them in the presence of all, so that the rest may stand in fear. Mm-hmm. First Timothy, yeah, first Timothy five, five So it's like so people could see the 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 weight of the sin, the seriousness of it, and it's crazy because to do that in public, it's like it's almost it's embarrassing. Yeah. So it's just like so the congregation can look and notice and say, "Look, this is heavy." So now in today's society. That that being back then, now would a situation like that be held within, like the deacons meeting, uh, like meeting with the deacons and the elders, and try to take it care with a person in that position, try to take it in, in within ourselves, come to a conclusion, and then if it's not fixed, then to the congregation, then. Yeah, I think that's what Bill saying. His, his example was is that the eldership went to him and said, "Look, you know, this is what we this got, is what we, we got." This is what's going on, and, and we and, and the way we've, you know, the the path forward here involves an honest declaration of of the brokenness, right? It's just that's a tough thing to overcome for many people. Oh, okay. So let me ask you some other just because we got to kind of like move quicker here because we're kind of you know dragging out. Okay, so let me ask you some things. Obviously, we kind of all agree. If it's an affair, especially with two people in the church, you kind of go, okay, right? We got to address that. You can't have people sleep with everybody else's wife in the church. That's that that just doesn't make sense, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not really what <clears throat> that's not the words Paul uses here. Paul uses the word sexual immorality. So is it fair for us, like church leadership? Everybody in this room is either a deacon or an elder. Is it fair for the deacons and the elders of the Vine Church to say, well, we'll discipline for adultery, but we won't discipline for just living together outside of marriage. <laughs> what do you think? Well, we should. 
how do you approach that? <laughs> now that's that's a sticky one. Well, that's where the relationships come in, right? Okay. Because I don't I don't know if someone's living together unless I'm friends with them. Okay. Okay, let me give you an example. Maybe it'll help to put it into a practical. So, I've got this is this is a true example too. So I married someone uh, recently that had been living together with their significant other for 11 years, and they had three children and a home and a mortgage. What's the right thing to do there? So what's the well, what's the, the thing on common law? There's a, there's <laughs> yeah, common, common law. law. <laughs> <laughs> we don't just, have to worry just about rely that. on the common law yeah. and just not address it. Yeah. Okay. All right. That seems like the easy way out, but okay. <laughs> so you're talking about if, if if they hadn't gotten married. No, I'm saying if they come to you, like as soon as you're made aware, like, hey, you guys aren't married. You're, I mean, we would call that, I mean, everybody else, you know, would call that for all intents and purposes, living in sin, you know. Fornication. I mean, I mean, does that fit the same bill? Is that what you think Paul wants to address? Is this a loophole? No, I think it, it would still fall because even if, I mean, fornication is still happening. So I think that's, that's, that's part of the living together. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would say, yeah, I know the, probably the approach would be way different, obviously. Well, if they want to be right under God. <laughs> they yeah. want to be right with the Lord. Let's send them out to Satan. Like what do you that, think right? the responsibility of the leadership is and the staff is? Well, to coach them. Coach them? Yeah. Tell okay. them, hey, look, you know, you're doing this. It's not right. You know, maybe we can steer you in the right direction, have you talk to Mike. Maybe you can start the marriage counseling, you know, so that way you can get the process up. If they tell you, hey, look, I ain't ready for marriage, well, then, you know, push a time out on that and figure out where you want to be because you're not right with the path of God. Okay. I mean, I, th I think it all depends, too, if they're servanthood or if, they, if they're in a position that they want to be a leader and they just don't. Because I remember one time, I'm just going to, because just for the sake of not being so long, but I remember one time, I believe it was you or, or maybe another elder, someone was interested in, in being a leader, um, but at the time they weren't married. And I think they were planning to be, there was just months in advance. And I believe, I don't know if it was you or the elder approached the person with the scriptures. And I think that, I don't know if the person, wanted, I think the person wanted to be a deacon. I think that's what it was. This was years ago. And so the the elder approached them with the Bible and said, you know, at least for the qualifications of a deacon is to be married to one woman. And so he, they went over it. And so the guy said, okay. And I believe the story and that he ended up marrying him like super quick. They ended up getting married super quick because he understood. Now it could have been the other, the other way around and be like, Oh, forget this. But, um, yeah, still thinking about it. But yeah, I think, I think that would be an approach as for the leadership. I mean, but I guess it would depend also, like if they're just a spectator, they just come to the church, they're not participating in anything. I still think it should be encouraged, but if they're not really doing anything and they're just coming in and, you know, um, I mean, it's tough to really. You're still drawing that line. So you're still kind of thinking like, hey, there's a different responsibility when they become a servant. No, I'm saying that it's an encouragement that they should, that it should be, we should encourage them to be married, but I think with, I guess I'm still referring back to the discipline part where um, 
if they're not really serving, there's it's really hard to to do anything. Like to, you can't really say we're disciplining them because they're not doing anything. You know what I'm saying? I th- I think overall the, there should be an encouragement. Oh, because no you're okay. Whoa, 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 okay, that's interesting. Okay. So, but you're kind of in 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 your scenario, you're kind of saying the discipline is we're taking a service away from you. Well, well, yeah, I would say in in, in that essence, if someone was serving, like hypothetically, right? I would okay, say, yeah. So the that, discipline but, is taken away, but it's a lot of these disciplines. It's Hey, like you can't be with us. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah okay. Now I see what you're saying. Okay, my my head was that. Yeah, taking it, it away. Taking right. It away. So I see what if, you're saying now is if, if you've it, got someone that's just with you. Yeah. 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 Well, it's kind of like we get a lot of people that don't serve, come to the church. You know, they're in and out. You know, they come in, they don't fellowship, nothing. Yeah. They're gone. You know, they come in, they get... They, Frank calls them the spectators. Yeah. Well, you get you get some of those. <laughs> better, but better then serve. the yeah. ones that do stay and you do have a relationship with that do fellowship, you know, before and after service, if you see something wrong, then that's when you bring it up. You know, it's like, hey, look, I see you coming to church. I see you in service. You know, let's talk. What do you think? How do you navigate that? Where is that? The church... Um, or our church here uh, came up with a um, sort of a, um, a a list of expectations of their members, mm-hmm. and we, you know, we stopped the membership on January the first or December thirty first, you know, and on January first, you got to start all over again. And on those, in in that list, are certain expectations we have of members, yeah, and people that want to um, be associated with. The Vine Church, and I think that that's a good place to start. That we can, <clears throat> excuse me, we can say, okay, you you yourself committed to this level of of um, accountability, and we're going to hold you to it. Now, as Carlos was saying, somebody who just comes in, walks through the door, leaves before anybody else has a chance. There's there's really no way of knowing what all is going on with That's that person. Mm-hmm. So it, it almost feels like what Bill's suggesting is that the practical line is not service, but it's a commitment. It's a commitment to fellowship with the church. And we call that we call that membership here mm-hmm. at this church. Well and, and 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 getting back to church history again, you could not you couldn't take communion until you had been uh baptized, baptized and gone through um gone through basic uh, uh you know we'll say a, a a christian 101 course for three years yeah. you know before you could take your first communion in the early church and so by that time you know you've gotten that commitment there and you're associated with with that group you know it's not like oh, I, you know i think i'll go join the church today well that wasn't happening and so there was a certain there was a certain expectation that you had as a as a believer and as a a member of the church of 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 uh you know alexandria or or carthage or rome or alex or you know wherever antioch and uh and and people were going to be holding you to those to yeah. those responsibilities so the way that our church and our time reflects that is through the membership process. That's the closest I can come to. All right. Yeah, it's true because the membership, like when you when you sign to be a member, it's like not only are you signing up to serve, uh, you know, for you to serve and to give your resources, but I think you're, I mean, I feel it's also to hold accountability to everybody and for the elders as well. Like 
to show that that it is being known once you sign that like declaration that hey i'm willing to be held accountable under the wing of the elders and the leadership and 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 within within each other of that membership and so when i talked about church discipline see I, this is why i don't i don't speak clearly uh, when i was talking about church discipline, i was referring to to those within already like yeah. that are together in like, like I'm better in the membership. They're in the membership. Yeah, yeah that's so that's what I was referring. So when when people say, so when I say like when we take things away, they're not being spectators because they're serving. Ooh, that's interesting. So then, would you be willing to revoke somebody's membership if they're living with their girlfriend? Uh, it depends. But I would I would lean towards yeah. Okay, I would I would, te- I would lean towards yeah. Okay, what do you think? Yeah, yeah I don't see a problem. I think that there's. I think we need to go through the steps that yeah. that that right. the Bible talks about. But yeah. Okay. Now, is that going to make any difference to them? I don't know. Maybe they'll go back down the street to the next <laughs> church. But uh, you know, we'll. I, I think. I think that, again, it we does have to two fall things. on the protection issue. Yeah, at that point, protecting and, the membership and its reputation, and it shows the it shows the rest of the congregation that yeah, we're serious about this stuff. That it isn't just something that um, you know is words on a page to us. So, can I throw this out there? So, where does the family element fall into this? Because we're all we're all seen as. Well, brothers, brothers and sister. sisters in Christ. This is, I mean, I don't want to say that it sounds like we're in a club with the membership and, you know, that there's got to be a family component. Well, don't you see that there? I mean, I, I, I see it when you, when you've, when you've, when you've made this commitment to become a member of the church, you're committing yourself to the family of the, of the vine church. And I mean, if you're, if you're, your cousin, you know, who you're close to is having some problems. Are you going to just, you know, you're going to, you're going to go to him and say, Hey, you know, you got some problems here. Let's, let's try and deal with it. And I see it the same way as the, as the, as the church itself, you know, we're all part of the body. We're all part of the family. And, and, and that's the reason that it'd work. I, I agree with Bill. I think we're connected to the family, right? Through faith but we associate with a local congregation through commitment, right? I guess that both sounds there's good. a commitment, but I, I I mean, that wasn't very technical, that statement, but I, but I think you understand what I'm trying to say, right? Like the faith is you're, you're embodied with the universal church, yes. and through the membership, you will become family through the local church. Yes. yes. That's, that's, that's right. And, it's, and there's a commitment process there that we call membership. Fair enough. That makes sense? Yeah. All right, let me ask you a couple more tough questions, really. Um, would you hire someone to the Vine Church staff who had had an, an affair before they were serving as a staff person. It would depend on well, yeah. how they, long ago. Yeah, how long ago. Okay, let's say two years. And they've been serving. What came out of it? <laughs> no babies. <laughs> no babies. <laughs> is, did they... Wait, so, okay. And, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go no, no, go ahead. Was there uh, like a repentive part towards it or there yeah. was just like, okay. Well, I would guess so. If they're still involved, that means they have a relationship with their Heavenly Father. So you're on a search committee here at the church. Like we have a search committee going right now. You're on a search committee. Your part is to weed through the resumes and find the right person for the church staff. And you find out that one of the candidates that you're interviewing has had an indiscretion in their past. Is that a disqualifier? Nobody wants to. I, no, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm because I'm trying to think. Going to stay here for good. Okay, but, but, okay so you different variables. Would that be a disqualifier for you? 
again, there's very va- uh, different variables that you got to look in. Okay. You know? So three All years right, ago, repented. All right. Uh, did he get divorced? No. He stayed with his wife? Yes. And the affair's gone? Yes. Did she forgive him? Yes. Are they good yes. in, within each other? Yeah. I think that would be fine. Then why yeah. not? I okay. That would be, yeah. So, so just to be clear, for a person who had the affair while they were not serving as the pastor, could be a pastor. But if they were serving as a pastor and had the affair and all the same things were still true, we shouldn't restore them to the pastorate. They could just restore it to the body of Christ. Oh, like they could never be a pastor again? Yeah. So oh, oh. I don't think you, I don't know, you just get demoted. <laughs> you get demoted, you work your way back up. <laughs> What are you going to do about it? To, to a greeter. To the greeter. <laughs> You're, on the greeting. You're on the grading team. <laughs> the poor I'm, greeters are listening to this podcast going, like, wait a minute, wait, we're the low category? We're the bottom of the bowl. That's tough. But if we look back in the Bible, David did a lot of crazy things. A lot of a lot of these past you know, biblical men did some crazy things, and God still used them. It would just depend on the church and the leadership and whoever that pastor is. What should disqualify you from, okay, let me give you another. Okay. So let's switch gears. What if the service is youth ministry? Okay. So you're, you're, you're a, you're a volunteer in the student ministry, right? What kind of things should disqualify you from that? Like, are there sins that would disqualify you from being on the? Because we've had this problem going on this year. Like we've we've had that. We've thought through some of those issues this year. It's like, you're with the kids, yeah. So anything sexual, xed. (laughs) Stop! Stop! Hold on, you went way too fast. You mean you mean like with? Like with kids or anything? (laughs) No, no, no. Anything sexual? Anything sexual? Anything sexual? Gone. Gone. I get the kids aspect. I'm like, yeah, for sure. I would. I wouldn't do. But so, it, so if, they, if they're if they're single and they're they're sexually active with their boyfriend or whatever, they got to be gone. You're talking about a male or female? <laughs> oh, what does it matter? You said boyfriend. <laughs> well, he's saying in any scenario. Okay, in any it's scenario. A girl, though, in that yeah. scenario. All right. Well, okay. if it's a girl living with her. Boyfriend at the time or her significant other, they're not showing, they're not being the example. They're not leading by example. Okay. So why would you want that in our youth? The youth is already bombarded with society's ways. Okay. That why do they need okay. to do it? Pretty good argument. I agree. They okay. should be married. Okay. Absolutely. So then that that's a disqualifier. Absolutely. What about like, I don't know, you know, they're serving and they're, they're a greeter. Okay. Same thing? They can't greet? If they're the same situation? Yeah. Well, you are serving, right? You're serving. <laughs> I, who knew you were going to be so stringent over there? Oh, <laughs> oh I got the wrong guy. You got, the, you got many, many layers on this onion. <laughs> All right. So cool. if, if you're if you're a, a greeter and you're same scenario, you're just kind of, you're, you know, sexually active with your, your boyfriend or your girlfriend, you shouldn't be a greeter at the church? Listen, you're serving, right? You're serving in your in yeah. your church. You're doing it for God. 
Now, how can you be doing? Uh, how can you be serving if you're st- sinning? Okay. You think you? Sh- what do you think? Same thing? Yeah, I think so. Same thing? I think I think so. Yeah. I think that if you do have a, a friendship with that person, you should tell them. Absolutely, but no. But he's saying I'm talking yeah. about should they keep serving? Should they keep service. serving or take them down? I hate to be harsh, but I think they represent you know the church body, and they shouldn't be involved in the leadership unless. They're right with God. What do you think? I agree. <laughs> I, no, okay, and, and the you. reason for that okay. is that um, we we can't play with God's word. Okay. I mean, sin is sin, yeah. and if you if you are if you are um, knowingly going against what 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 Jesus has to say, then. Then you need to be held accountable, regardless of what position you're in. I mean, even if you're even if you're not serving at all, you know you're. A, but you have made that commitment to um, uh, to the church as a member, and you have. Then somebody has that responsibility to go to you and say, "Hey, this is wrong." Okay, we're embarrassed. And let's not. I, I don't think. There. I don't think anybody said they shouldn't go. I'm let's, talking about their. their okay, and then they say, from "Forget it. I'm gonna. You know, I'm gonna gonna keep living with her and." the heck with you then okay. i think well, sir, true i'll watch you i'll watch you through facebook okay let mm-hmm. me okay so let me throw one more monkey wrench on so same scenario but they've just given money do we take the money of course <laughs> how what much money a lot <laughs> right let's say it's let's say it's let's say it's 10 grand so then we're being greedy if we so it's ten grand, but we know they're sleeping together. So you, you receive the money. So here's here's some money, here's some hush money then, basically, huh? No, I, no, I'm not saying. I'm just saying, do we receive it? Because well, we're basically saying you can't give of your time in service. But would we say the same thing to the contribution, the financial contribution? Are we talking about like this would be like like an offering, or there's like a one time thing, like hey, I'm donating this huh? money. They're given every week. Giving every week ten thousand dollars. I'm just keeping my mouth shut. <laughs> no, you're not so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> no, whatever the figure is, a thousand dollars a week. They're giving a thousand dollars a week. Well, I would wonder why they're giving that money in the first place if they're not if they don't want to be straight with their relationship with God. Because they say that. So this is what they say. They say, "Well, Mike, you know, we're all sinners. It's interesting that you guys have picked out just the sin of judge because everybody that's serving in this church is sinning in some capacity." And uh, we've decided that we're going to continue living together, even though we're in complete fidelity to each other. But this is just the way we see it. And we love it here. And we love the ministry. And we love Jesus. And we love the songs. And we love your sermons. And I'm going to give you $1,000 every week. Cool. Meet me out back. I'll marry you right now. <laughs> and, then I say, and, I, and then I go to him. And I say, hey, but guys, let's resolve this. Let's, let's, let's get you guys committed for life and into a marriage. And they say no. Uh-uh. Do we continue to take the money? Uh-uh. Now, do, um, now, are we sinning by uh, taking? Yeah, that's money? what I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to really think this through. Um, I don't think he can buy your way into the graces of God. I, no, I, absolutely, I, I don't think they think that. He's just saying, do we as a do church? We do we still accept the money, or, or are we just because we're saying it? Yeah. we're taking it upon ourselves to say we have a responsibility not to let you serve? Do we have the same responsibility not to receive their gift? Well, I just think we need to be clear with them. If if they're gifting, you can't return a gift, right? That would be service too. They're giving of their time. 
but they're giving a gift right of money both is like you said earlier like giving money giving time but at the same time they're still representing the, the church church body agreed so is that the thing that delineates it like because one of them is public we have to put a stop to it but if it's private they can continue on and we'll okay, what the if benefits. they what if they weren't giving suppose they're giving five bucks a week you know when you find out that that they're um you know they're living together what it, I don't see a difference. I don't see the amount of money being a difference here. I think that it it needs to be brought to their so, attention. So, so would we? So with any amount of money, do we not receive it, or do we receive it? No, I, I think that we need. I think you need to to go through the um, go through the mm-hmm. the um, the the biblical um, process. Process, good good word, and uh, and and approach them and decide. How committed are you to the um, to the values that are set forth in the Bible? And if if they are, and they and and they decide that yeah, this is this is this is not right, then um, then we accept them back, you know, and just say okay, well, you know, it's I don't see I don't see that being any different than any other sin, whether it's gluttony think, or think, drunkenness or anything I, else. I think Pastor Mike is, is stating that as as the church takes the money, it's almost saying like, not that we're partaking in it, but we're saying, well, we're disqualifying you in that service, but when it comes to that service of giving money to the church, we'll take it. Right. Yeah, right. That's what you're at least... Uh, that's what I'm implying, but I, but I think back yeah. to... Bill did yeah. say something that pricked me, which is, I guess if we follow the biblical pattern, at least that it gets outlined in Matthew, right? That the that the it gets resolved through the excommunication process, meaning that once you're removed from the congregation, we're not you can't be a giver, right? That's really what we're saying. It's if you follow it completely, say, hey, listen, we've addressed you. Somebody's addressed you. I've addressed you. We've addressed you. You got to go. Well, from a practical standpoint. You can't. It, it's really difficult these days to have somebody like an armed guard there at the at <laughs> the, the at the church saying, "Oh, you can't come in here anymore." Yeah. But from a uh, um, uh, just from, just from, from another from another standpoint, you can basically ostracize them, and you know, I guess it, the. The Amish do it all the time, you know. They shun, they shun yeah. people, and so not that I'm suggesting that we do that, but there has to be some um, accountability and some um, discipline or some um, uh, ramifications of of their actions. So, okay, so if <clears throat> if it gets resolved in that final like push. And, I, and we don't know how we work that out practically. Bill brings up a good point. I don't know how you put somebody at the door and tell them they can't come in. But again, that goes back to that separate line, right? We kind of separate it in this church in membership. Like you've decide if you're in the inner circle and you're going to hold yourself accountable and be held accountable. But you could continue to come every Sunday morning at this church, not be in the membership, and pretty much do whatever you wanted, I guess. Except serve, and then we we would discipline you in some capacity. But if you just show up every week, you can pretty much live like you want. Well, I mean, I mean, I know that's what it sounds like, but I think if anybody who comes to church and truly like wants to serve Christ and serve and, and be a student of His Word, I think the path eventually leads that they have to face something, 
right? Mm-hmm. So I think eventually, whether it's the the spirit of convicting them and you know facing their whatever issue, um, because I know it sounds like that's what it means in the sense of like, yeah, just come do whatever you want. Don't serve as long as you don't serve, you'll be good. But I think if someone's serious about the Lord and, and God and Jesus and yeah, they, have, they, they have to eventually come to that there point. There will be a point where they yeah. will be tested yeah. in their faith. And that's going to show whether or not they're true believers or not. Yeah. Hmm. I've got, like, let me give you was like a couple more scenarios. Like, I've got an elderly couple who, you know, had 40-year marriages they're widowed um both sides are widowed now they're together you know they're on a second relationship right but through a number of different reasons that are practical uh mostly because of our social security system and all that they just feel like they can't get married but they love each other and they want to be companions and they live with each other does that change it for anybody So the only reason they don't get married is for financial right. things. But they're dedicated to each other. Yeah. And no one else but themselves. Boy, it gets tough. So why wouldn't they when we get down in the weeds, it gets tough, doesn't it? Welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> my weekly world. <laughs> this is it. But see, then, why, why wouldn't they want to do that under God? Financial reasons. It doesn't have to be anything major. No, they would. They, they would lose. About? They would lose two, a third of their. Income. Oh, because they marry. Yeah. Because they're widowed. Once you get married, you lose that. Well, then that means you don't have faith that God's going to provide for you. So where where do they stand spiritually? Do they believe their heavenly Father is a provider, or is it? the widowed you know, lifestyle. But, but it's bigger than that, right? Like they have responsibilities and you know, their all time the stuff is limited. So then what's faith? I, I don't disagree with you. So do you choose this kind of hard line faith approach with them or do you say, okay, I understand. Let's move on. What do you think? You're the oldest in the room. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think Tony brings up a good a good point, um, and I think that's why I like Colorado law <laughs> so much better. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think that there can be um, a common law marriage without having um, without having to go through the ceremony. Right, and I'm a little. I'm a little unclear on that. I have to. I think I'd have to think about that time. a lot more okay. than we have tonight. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I have a question though. Okay. Isn't it different getting married in front of Christ than it is getting married in the courthouse? So, so would you be? Would that? Would that be okay? Would that be amendable to the leadership of the church if we said, "Well, as long as you get married spiritually, if you're doing it in you front make of a commitment in front of the church." Or you go down to Mexico, you know, or and get married there and it's not recognized in the United right. States or something. Something like that. I don't see why not. <laughs> I don't I, Does it feel like we're just like stretching to like, like looking for a loophole? Actually, not really, because the government 
is the government. Okay. What we're talking about is God being bigger God. than that. Okay. What do you think? I'm I'm with Bill. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to th- really think. Do they? But would they? Do they? Cons- do they? Talk, do they say to each other? They're like, "Oh, this is my wife. This is yeah. my husband." Yeah. And they wear rings and everything. Yep. Hmm. So why couldn't you do it in front of Christ and not do it on the paper? I got. Uh, I'm asking. Listen, I asked the questions here, buddy. All right. All right. <laughs> my bad. So we would consider it then the only way to be officially married is just by the state, right? Like that's. Well, we're saying that they would. They're saying they would. They, they're not going to do that. Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, they. I mean, yeah, they wouldn't be. To me, they still wouldn't be married, even though they they would go through that. Because <laughs> <laughs> the second you open the door to them, everybody's going to come up with an excuse. Yeah, yeah. There's a thousand. Yeah, it's true. Why, yeah, yeah. You know why they're not going to be yeah. committed in the eyes of the state. Yeah, but they're old. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they're nice old people, right? Yeah, no, no, no. You're out on that. I think I, I yeah, really. Because then we're looking for loophole. Like then we're looking for, you know, yeah, they're looking. And, for and, it's, and it's like what he said. Then other people say, "Well, hey, but I, it, I, I, but I, do you? Th- do, but don't really you feel added? like they have a good argument if they were to say, Mike, if I was to go to them with Tony's, and I'm not saying Tony's wrong, yeah. but if I was to go to them with the whole like faith, yeah. blah 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 blah, and they say, Mike, this is a technicality. You sound like a Pharisee right now. Like you're focused on the rules and the law. Do you really think Jesus would be sitting here going, our commitment to each other isn't real because we didn't get a piece of paper from the state? How would you counsel that? Um, Well, don't you want to do things right under the Lord? But (laughs) right under whose word? Yeah. Under God wants us to. Yeah, but they didn't have this back then when Paul wrote this. Yeah, they, they didn't have courthouses where you go yeah. get married and there's a issue and of piece of paper programs and yeah but taxation in that way so how did they marry back then in the eyes of the church commitment before families usually there was money exchange between two families dads held you accountable <laughs> brothers came after you if, you if you didn't uphold your end of the bargain so then why couldn't they get married then under just god well, that's what he's saying. So then they're married. Frank says no. Well, I'm I'm thinking just, yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know. I would say, yeah, I would say no. All right, you're not invited to the wedding. <laughs> you can't, for, you can't I have will no be cake. fine. <laughs> you can't have no cake. He's already opted out of a whole bunch of weddings in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Okay, well, we got to wrap it up for tonight. So here's the deal. I, 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 what I hope, it, what I hope gets uncovered in this first round of discussions around church discipline is that almost every situation feels very, very unique, and I think the thing that overcomes the uniqueness of all of these situations is where we started, which is when it's relationally based. The, the rate of success of restoration and protection goes way up. When it's law-based, when it's rule-based, when it's uh, you know policy and procedure-based, I think we, we run this dangerous road of becoming the very thing that Jesus was kind of addressing, which is 
you know, you've taken your eyes off of the the person and the persons and you've put it on the rules, right? And so I think what you see tonight as we've kind of walked through all this is that navigating how to care for a congregation and restore and hold accountable and build up and encourage, that isn't easy. And every little situation is more challenging than many times than we give it credit for. So two things on on the way out tonight. Love on your leaders. <laughs> Pat your elders and your deacons on the back and say thank you. And the pastor on the back and say thank you every now and then for this. And know that there are guys and gals that are trying to make really, really great decisions and determinations and prayerfully navigating these kind of situations. And the goal is always in the mind of this eldership, I know, restoration and protection. Amen. You down? Yeah, for sure. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you.